0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. How many can relate to that? Everybody. Everyone that's married can relate to that. But, you know, it speaks so much what we've been looking at and studying in, in talking about marriage that it takes work. It takes effort. And at some place, you will be challenged in that, in that marriage. And how you respond is what makes a difference. And we need to respond in faith and fight for our marriages and, and to not quit like the world does. You know, that's the world's way is just quit. Go try it again somewhere else. But that's not what God wants. That's not His plan for us. So we want to be... We want to do things God's way because that's the way that works. Father's design for marriage. When we try and do it any other way, it will fail. It will never be what God intended for it to be until we do marriage God's way. And we've looked at how it's so contrary or opposite of what the world says. The world says that the the man's the macho man and the, the wife is the... One that he beats over the head and cooks for him. He didn't marry you because he wanted a maid. Or he he may have needed a maid. (laughs) But that should not be the reason he married you. He married you because he loves you. And wants to spend life with you. To do life together. But somehow we get busy in our marriage and we lose sight of how we first came together. That, that love, that closeness, we tend to move apart. And that's not what God intends for us to have. And I, I'm so pleased with all the testimonies. Many of you are making changes because if you want a better marriage, you have to change. So it's all about change. In fact, you need to just be changing all your life. Always getting better, always improving, always becoming more Christ-like in everything that you do. So today I want to look at a little bit different aspect. I want to talk about uh, marriage, but I want to talk about divorce. And the reason I do is because many of you have been taught wrong, and you have sabotaged, or you deep down you think that you should not be blessed in your marriage. You think that you're lacking in some way because you've been through a divorce. And I want to show you that that's not true. That's not what the Word says. But one thing, if you are married, you need to commit to each other to never bring up the D word. You should never say the word divorce. It should not be a part of your vocabulary because you want to do things God's way. And God prefers that you stick through and you make it work. Amen? Any amens out there? Anybody alive? Okay. I was ministering here just a few weeks ago to a, a woman who was being abused. And she didn't go to this church, but she was in a, a situation where she was trying to win her husband. And I was trying to explain to her... That's not what God wants for your life. And she brings up submission. And we've looked at submission, and submission is not you being abused. Submission is not you being the doormat. And she brought up there in in 1 Peter chapter 3, she brought up a meek and quiet spirit. Adorn yourself with that. This is not in your notes. This is a detour. It's not something that you're quiet about being abused. You shouldn't be quiet in your marriage. You should have the freedom. It's a safe place for you to speak. It's a partnership. But when you look up that word meek there, it means a strong-willed person that has learned to submit to another. That's what that, that word meek or in the New King James says, gentle. It, it's not the way we think of it. And then quiet there means controlled or you're not out of control. You've learned to control yourself. You're a strong-willed person and you've learned to control yourself and that in the eyes of the Lord is of great price. But that does not mean that you stay in a relationship where you're abused, and you're not a missionary to the abuser. Get out, especially if your children are in danger. Get out. You don't need to be in that situation. But this person said, well, I have no place to go. Well, I believe that God will provide and make a way when you're in that situation. But I'm going to look at some of the reasons or the reasons... Or grounds for divorce. And we're going to look and see what the scriptures tell us. In Malachi chapter 2 verse 16. It says. For the Lord the God of Israel says. I hate divorce. He hates divorce. Why does he hate divorce? Because it hurts his sons and daughters. It causes hurt. through. It can be a legacy of hurt in a family. He hates it. I hate divorce and marital separation, and him who covers his garment, which is his wife, when you look at this in, in the Hebrew, with violence. God hates divorce, but he also hates abuse. He hates that situation because of the hurt and the harm. You could almost see Divorce is almost a type of abuse on your emotions, and it's hurt, and it's painful. And it can cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. God hates that, but at the same time, God's the one that made provision for it because of the hardness of man's heart, the hardness of heart. And ladies, don't stay in a situation like that hoping he will repent and turn to the Lord. Do that from a distance if you have to, but do not stay there. You know, the Bible does say that there is physical persecution that can come to us for the gospel's sake. But nowhere in Scripture does it say physical uh, persecution for the marriage sake. It doesn't say that marriage place is supposed to be a place of safety, a place of blessing, a place of strength. A, a, a place where you can come and have refuge. That's what it's supposed to be. So a place or a reason or grounds for divorce is physical abuse. Next, desertion. First Corinthians 7, verse 13. If a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they're holy. They're covered. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the Christian husband or wife is no longer bound to the other. For God has called you to live in peace. Say peace. God's called us that's because your home, the place that you dwell and live in, to be a place of peace. Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? In other words, if you're living with an unbeliever and they're willing to live, live with you and they're not abusing you, stay. Because the influence and the witness that you can have in their life can bring them to the Lord. But if they insist on leaving, don't go chase them down. You're you're under no obligation from God to go after them. And we've had ladies, we've had ladies in this church that have believed for the return of their spouse who is an unbeliever. Said, you're not under obligation. I will agree with you for him to get saved. And, And here's the clincher is that person remarries and they're still believing? It said, not believing anymore with you. Because when you, you look at scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 24, it says if they remarry, let it go. If you don't, it's an abomination to the Lord. And we got whole groups. We've ha- had them here. Last time I taught this, I had several people mad at me because. They were of that group that they had to stay married to that person. They had gone through divorce and they were believing God for that spouse, ex-spouse to return even though the ex-spouse had married. So get this, they're believing God to cause a divorce in that marriage where they can remarry their ex-spouse. That's not God. And here's another issue. What if, you know if I can say it, what if the ex-spouse was married to someone who was a first spouse who was a believer and you broke up that marriage and now they're believing to break up your marriage because they have to be married back to your ex-husband? Never mind. I don't even... Where does it end? (laughs) Where does it go? Have a personal friend that stood for years for her husband to come home, and he's with another woman, put her life on hold for over thirty years, never remarried. I, I can think of two in this church. Same thing. One, I finally convinced, but it was it was really too late at that point, and their whole life was believing for this spouse to come back because of really some misunderstanding about some scriptures that uh, I will get into. One of the ones I really remember, and I'll never forget this, I was in youth ministry, and um, a couple came into the youth service. And it was over, and somebody I knew knew them, and, and they, they came in and said, could we talk to you? And I said, Sure. And they said, well, here's our situation. So we're married, been married about seven years. We have two kids. And we've been told we need to get a divorce. I said, really? I said, do you want to get a divorce? They said, no, we don't want to get a divorce. We love each other very much. <laughs> Who is telling you this? Well, the church we go to. The elders there told us, said, what, the elders are telling you to get a divorce? Yes, they're telling us to get a divorce because, see, we both have been divorced, and we cannot marry, we cannot be married because we're living in adultery, so we have to get divorced and, and go back to our ex-spouses. I said, what, well, is your ex-spouses married? Oh, yeah, they're both married, and they have kids. Well, let me get this straight. You're you're willing to get a divorce. And they're crying by this time. Yes, we love each other, but we love God. And we're believers, and we just recently turned back to God and living for Him. And they were willing to get a divorce. I said, Well, let me help you, dear ones. Stay married. That's religious garbage. And uh, some of the stuff I'm going to share with you is what I shared with them. But they left happy. <laughs> hand in hand in love. <laughs> Don't you love happy endings? Okay. <laughs> Another one sexual immorality a reason for divorce or grounds for divorce. Matthew 5, 31. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. Whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Jesus upset the Pharisees very much here. Because he's quoting from Deuteronomy, and there it says unclean, uncleanness. And he's defining what uncleanness is, it's sexual immorality. It's sex outside of the boundaries of marriage. And they're upset because they were using, the Pharisees and scribes had expanded the law that a reason for divorce was anything you wanted just about. Any breaking of any part of the law. For example, you could not walk into a dead man's room without being called unclean. So you could tell your wife, say, look, why don't you take some food down to Jim? Uh, he's not feeling too well, knowing that Jim's dead. She walks down there, with food, walks in the room, unclean, gets back home, and there is a certificate of divorce on the door that calls her calling for divorce from her because she's unclean. That's what they were doing for just any reason. And that's what Jesus was addressing. What, what he did, he took away their get-out-of-marriage-free card. He said, look, what you're doing is wrong. It's, you know, it's the same today. Any reason, get out. But that's not what God's Word says. God's Word says there's grounds, there's reasons for it. Well, I just don't have feelings for my wife. That's not grounds for divorce. That's not reason for divorce. Feelings. You can get the feelings back if you do the right things. I don't feel it. <laughs> Your life. You first get married. You remember the video? You have these feelings. But after the honeymoon, you're going to have to do some work. And you're going to have to work and invest in that relationship. People first come to the Lord and, I feel God. And then they find out, you mean I'm going to have to read the Bible? I'm going to have to have a relationship with you? You're, you're kidding me. Or I, I come to a church, it feels good. And then the honeymoon's over. And you got to be planted and invest your, your time and energy there. And you're, you're kidding me. What? <laughs> Ooh, I'm having fun. Okay. I don't love her anymore. Love's inside of you. You're just stopping God up. That's what you're doing. He is love. He's inside of you. Let Him out. Love is a choice. Not a feeling. It's a choice. If you'll choose love, you'll feel love later. Amen? Amen? In Mark chapter 10, verse 2 through 12, the Pharisees came and asked Him, Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing them? And He answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. Jesus answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh, So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. He said, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Looks pretty plain, doesn't it? Until you go to the Greek and get understanding of what this really says, it says that when whoever divorces his wife in order to marry another commits adultery. What am I saying? It's premeditated. What were they doing back then? It was premeditated. Hey, hey, Jim, you know, I've got my new model picked out. Where's the next dead body? Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I'll send her down. <laughs> They're already hooked up with the other one. They got it all figured out. It was premeditated. That's what Jesus was talking about here. You're committing adultery against your wife. Coach, this is premeditated. You set it up and it's already worked out. <laughs> Divorced one day, next day married. That's what they were doing. And that's what this is saying. Whoever divorces her husband in order to marry another man commits adultery. He was addressing them what was going on in that day. Now, what do I, if a spouse does commit adultery and repents, eliminates the root of that sin, agrees to go to counseling, commits to the Lord and into that spouse. I believe there is a law of forgiveness that you can choose. And God, it would be a process. It would be a matter, a process of trust and healing of the heart. But I've seen it where it's worked, that forgiveness ruled and reigned and they were, God was able to put that thing back together. I've seen people divorced and God put the marriage back together and they remarried. God can do it. We have to allow Him to. We have to look to Him. But divorce hurts. It's painful at it cost. And God hates it. So the question comes up, can you remarry after being divorced? Can you remarry after being divorced? Of course you can. I'm talking about can you be blessed by God? Because if we believe we're in adultery... Can God bless sin? Don't shout me down. (laughs) No, he can't. But there's many people that feel guilty, even deep down, because they've heard teaching that really put them in bondage instead of set them free. And you can be deep down thinking you shouldn't be blessed in your marriage. You shouldn't be blessed in this walk Because you've been divorced. Deuteronomy chapter 24. Let's look at the Old Testament. Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him, having discovered something wrong with her. He writes her a letter of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is... Committing adultery if she marries another man. Oh, it's the wrong version. Okay, When she leaves this house, she is free, free to marry another man. Now, this is scripture here, and it's not saying that this was a false accusation. It says she's wrong. She was at fault, and she's free to remarry. Now, it doesn't say it's what happened there, but we can, knowing God, we know what happened. She got right with God. She got right with God, so she was free to remarry. We don't know how long a period that was, but she got right with God, and she was free to remarry. So, this in your notes. Remarriage was acceptable in Old Testament law. It's in the Old Testament. They were free to remarry after divorce. But many people believe that under grace, we're not. 1 Corinthians 7.10 Now to the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, a wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and a husband is not to divorce his wife. What's the Scriptures telling us? Divorce is not the answer. Really, all you're doing is trading one set of problems for another set of problems. That's the the truth. Because no matter who you marry, there's going to be holes in their life. Because no one's perfect. You're going to have to deal with a situation... There will be storms that come against it even in the, the new marriage. But you're bringing baggage and things from the old marriage. And if they're stepkids, you got a whole other issues to deal with. What we're seeing here, we're, we should work out our marriages. Especially if you're believers, you should get before God, get some counseling, get help. And work it out. Stick it out. Because God can turn it around. But so many people just quit and run. But not us. Not believers. We we stay in there and we work through these things. It says a wife is not to depart from her husband, but if she does depart, which tells us there's scriptural reasons. There's scriptural reasons that you can. Do not marry. Believe to be reconciled. Believe to be reconciled. In other words, Scriptures tell us not to rush into marriage and not to rush out of marriage. It should be a standing and believing and getting before God and listening to Him. Some people get a divorce and they think nothing about reconciliation. Reconciliation. But you know, God can even reconcile that marriage even after you've been divorced. Many ministers and believers have assumed you never get married after you've been divorced. How many have heard that teaching? Almost all of us. That's the way I I was taught. Some ministers will not say that because they would lose half their congregation because most, a lot of people have been divorced and they've remarried and if a preacher guy who re-believed that conviction said you're all living in adultery and God cannot bless your union <laughs> there's a mass exodus <laughs> and there, there might be some that, that believe like me and they're going to say well you're just given the license for divorce then well, nobody's ever needed a license before. Even people that believe the other way are divorced and remarried. That's like teaching on grace. Well, it's teaching on grace is causing a lot of people to sin. Grace teaches us to live holy. That's real grace. Moving on. So we need time to heal, to recover. To work things through or hurts or those issues. Be unmarried for a while. Work through those things and then you're free. You can remarry again. This is still in 1 Corinthians 7 going down a little bit more. Verse 27. Are you bound? And I put in parentheses here. Married. Are you married to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed or divorced. Are you loosed? Or divorced from a wife. And whenever it says the wife, you can say the man. There's no different gospel for a man and woman. The word's still the same for both. Do not seek or you lose divorce from a wife. Do not seek a wife. But even if you do marry after, I put after being divorced, that's what he's talking about. After being divorced, you have sinned. You've not sinned. What? I thought it was a sin. You have not sinned. You're free. Liberated me. You have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she is not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. How many would have been spared a lot of heartache and trouble if the rest of 1 Corinthians 7 had been taught. Been a lot of people wouldn't have been hurt. So it says, remarry you not sin. A person divorced can remarry under the grace of God or after the cross. They could before the cross and they can after the cross. God prefers that you work it out. But there are grounds. Those things can't be repented of, worked on, You go on. You're called to peace. And I always, this virgin, of course it's a a virgin Mary, she hasn't sinned. Everybody agree with that? I first read that, I go, well, duh. I mean, God, what? I know I'm not the the smartest, but a virgin Mary, she's not sinned. Well, yeah, yeah. But then... You get the picture of what he's talking about. He's talking about this is the picture. If you are divorced and you're right with God, you get those things worked out, and you remarry, it's the same as if a virgin got married. You're as clean by God as if that thing had never taken place. That's the grace and the mercy of God. I went through a, a battle because I was radically saved. I was not going to get married because I'd been divorced. I said, Lord, you've got to show me, and you've got to show me by Scripture. Because no one could tell me. And every place I looked, it was saying No. And the Lord led me on a journey, and I saw I could. I was free. It's the grace of God, the mercy of God. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. There is life and freedom in Christ. And see, there was a call on my life, I knew since age 12. And the church I grew up in would not even marry me. I could never preach. But I told some folks, you mean if I went and murdered 10 people, I could preach? Absolutely. You mean if I went and stole $15 million and robbed people, I could come preach? Yes. You mean because I have a relationship failure, I cannot preach? Absolutely not! <laughs> you adulterer. Well, you take my money. Maybe this adulterer shouldn't give you any time. <laughs> We're two-faced. It's crazy. Either it's grace and mercy or it's not. (laughs) But he says, there'll be trouble in the flesh. I would spare you. There is trouble in the flesh because of that baggage. Because memories from before. And those things, that have to be worked out. And if there's children involved, it's even more complicated. And you have to be willing to work through those things because they will be there. But God's grace is also there. So a person who is divorced and married again later is no more in sin than a virgin who marries for the first time. Hallelujah. After I... I saw that I could remarry. I I wanted to marry Ellen. I I said, Lord, I'm not going to even ask someone to do it. I said, everybody I knew wouldn't do it. I said, Lord, I know it's right. I know it's your will. But I'm not going to ask anybody. I believe by faith. So, I didn't tell anyone. A guy at work invites me to a Bible study. as house, he, he was doing, and a, a guy was coming in uh, to minister. I said, yeah, I'll come. So, I, I called Ellen and invited her, and, and we went. Sitting there, listening. And we're getting ready to leave, and he comes over to us. Introduced himself, and He goes, I don't know your situation or anything, but I know as clear as day that the Lord spoke to me while I was up there ministering and said, I'm to marry you two. Said, Thank you, Jesus. Faith in God works, He hears. And me, I was telling everyone, told my family, didn't go over real big, but this is what happened, and we got, got married. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bow our heads I, Before I ask people to come to the Lord, I want to just ask you if there's been a a place of bondage in you because you've been through the divorce. Maybe it's just a deep-seated thing, but that thing can keep the abundance and what God wants for your life. It can keep it at at bay. It can be a, a resistance to the very faith. You're trying to get. It can cause a limiter or a, a ceiling in your life. God wants you to prosper. God wants to bless you. He wants you to have a great relationship, a, a great marriage. That's what God wants. No one looking around, if your head bowed. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Yes, yes. Any others? Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord over this place yes Lord yes you can put your hands down anyone else thank you Lord thank you Father Father for every hand that was raised I speak freedom and liberty Lord that the ceiling will come off and God even if they were guilty I thank you that grace covers our guilt and God even if they weren't there's grace And God, I believe for a freedom to enter their marriage. And they will walk and go to a new level, a new place in you than they ever experienced before. That that deep-seated guilt that has been like a weight in their life. I thank you that the weight comes off. The weight comes off in Jesus' name. And you're free to live for God. You're free in Him. Thank you, Lord. I bind every attack of the enemy. I bind everything the enemy tries to do against you. There's some here you're not married. But you feel a weight because of some of the things that you did that were wrong. Once you lift your hand, no one looking around, that's you. The weight can come off of that. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The others see those hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, for these that raised their hands, I thank you for freedom, Lord. Freedom. Even though they did these things unmarried, it was still wrong, and it's a weight, it's a it's a guilt. But I thank you, Lord, there's no condemnation in you. And God, we cast off. We re- we repent and we cast out those thoughts of condemnation. And we receive your peace and your grace. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now I want to ask you a question. It's the most important question that you can be asked here on this earth. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? I want you to think what, what would your answer be to this question? You might say, Well, I'm a good person. There's nowhere in the Bible it says a good person will go to heaven. If that's what you're thinking, you'll not go. Say, so, well, my parents, they said I'm a Christian. I was raised in a Christian home. Just because you were raised in a Christian home does not make you a Christian. Well, I believe in God. The devil believes in God. But he's not getting saved. Well, I've been a church member. Before I came to church here, I was was one of the leaders. Just because you're a leader in the church, there's nowhere in the Bible says that that gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven? The Bible's clear. And someone needs to love you enough and value you enough to be honest with you tell you the truth. The truth is you must be born again according to John chapter 3. Jesus said you must be born again. What does born again mean? It means that you give all of your heart and all of your life to Jesus Christ. You give it all to Him. That's the way you get in. That's the way. So I want to ask you Are you going to heaven? I want you right now, just lift your hand. If you want to go and you know you're not. Thank you, Lord. Any others? Yes. See the hand. Thank you, Lord. See those hands. Any others? Yes. See those hands. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah any others there's five of us any others say I need Jesus today yes I see that hand somebody here's been playing games you think you're saved and you're not you're living like the devil running from God and you're calling yourself saved but you're not whoever that is you need to take this opportunity to come into the family You're not promised another opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray a prayer together. Let's let's pray this together, church. Say, Dear God, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I give you, Lord, all of my heart and all of my life. I will follow you. I trust you. I'll do things your way. Your word is final authority in my life. Thank you for saving me. I belong to you. I give you thanks. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.